4: All right, I'm recording. So, hello, 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 everybody! Welcome to the Life Autistic Podcast episode, whatever it is. It's Saturday, May eighth, twenty twenty one. With me, as always, is super producer Dr. Drew. <laughs> I'll take that. Skittles, it's Skittles. That's no, your no name, Skittles.
3: name. I want Dr. Drew.
4: Dude, no, your new nickname yeah. could be Skittles. Don't change that. Oh, that's Don't. dope. I'm gonna call you Skittles from now on.
3: Oh please don't! Our uh, friendship take a terrible twist.
4: What's up? <laughs> yeah, you're all like Dr. Drew, and then I'm like Skittles. Oh. Um. And uh, with us today is Dave from California, USA.
0: Where you? Uh, I know you just told me before, but where you want to tell our listeners where you're from again? Um. I li- I'm in San Diego County, California. I'm in a small, semi-rural town called Fallbrook, which is in north san diego county um about 45 minutes north of the city of san diego okay cool Uh, i I just say i'm in san diego and let people figure it out
4: so we will just say san diego
2: yeah on on our on
4: our notes fair enough Yeah. yeah yeah i live i live in southwestern ontario in canada like in a small town but if people like from other parts of the world, like, where are you
3: from? I just say Toronto, because, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, it is what it is. Dave, I'm in Rockwood, Ontario. My dog's barking. I'll be right back. I'm going to go bring her inside. She's terrorizing the neighborhood.
4: Cool. Nice tie-dye, <laughs> bro. Thanks, <laughs>
2: Dave. Hey, uh,
4: so how did you, uh, how did we first get in touch? Do you remember? Did you hear the show, or did we discover you somehow? Well, I I heard the show.
0: I, um, I had... Been looking to, I wanted to hear some more autistic adult voices and yeah. um, autistic adult perspectives. And um, I had been, I had listened to other podcasts and they had um, autistics on it. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me search this avenue and see what is there. Yeah. And I searched the internet. I, I, I saw your podcast and I saw the description. I'm like, mm, this seems kind of, I'll give this, I'll check this out. I'll give this a yeah. whirl, see what it is. And I listened to a couple episodes and I'm like, right on. This dude was late autistic, like myself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, what you're, I was jiving with what you were saying and your message and cool everything. And I was like, mm, this is cool. And I'm like, I, I feel like I've got a message. I got something I want to say. I feel like I have I have a perspective that's unique just as anyone else's. And I reached out and just like, hey, this is this is who I am. Yeah. i heard your show, like it. A little bit about me, you know. Maybe we could collaborate or something. Yeah. And one thing led to another and here we are. Cool. Can I ask how old you are? I am forty-five.
4: 45 we are the same age come on we are but
0: you still have hair you're so lucky (laughs) yeah i i am happy because i know because most of my the men in my family don't have hair i I don't rub it in their face i'm just like well i have hair (laughs) mine uh
4: mine like my i was basically by the time i was 30 i had to just shave my head it was it was gone uh, or thin enough that I couldn't have hair, you know? Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. My mine's wife, graying, but I don't care. Cause I'm like, I would, I'd rather have gray, I'd rather have gray hair than no hair.
4: Yeah. Same. <laughs> if I could, if I would have been given the choice, I would have, I would have been like, I can go all gray. I don't care. But I, I, I do. I mean, you know, Hey, it is what it is. I accept things in life. You can't change. Exactly. But, but if, if I were able to have that choice, I would, I would have like
0: long flowing locks, but you know, there <laughs> I actually had uh, a barber one time tell me that like that my hair was so like so thick that like they had a hard time cutting it with their normal scissors and shears. Oh, nice. There's like your hair's really thick and I'm like, was well, that a good thing or a bad thing? And I'm like oh, though it's a great thing if it's thick yeah. into your adulthood, more than likely it's gonna be thick throughout most of your adulthood yeah. and it won't start thinning till you get older and I'm like, Cool. <laughs> nice.
3: I remember so pretty, like somebody calls you thick headed. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
4: <laughs> I remember yeah, like, <laughs> I remember like people, you know, like people would always say like uh, you look to your mother's father, father for yeah. your hair. And when yeah. I was a kid, like my granddad had a full head of hair right up until he died huh. at like 90. So I was just like, yeah. But then I was like 25 and it was like coming out and I was like, shit. But anyway. So that's our that's our uh, hair segment on the yeah. show.
3: So Can't we trust like
4: <laughs> What's that? Can't trust genetics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. So um, anyway, yeah. Well, I'm glad you reached out, man, and like and that's Thanks. exactly what uh, the um purpose of the show is cuz that's like when I was in this similar boat when I first started down my path of discovery of uh my own um at that time undiagnosed autism and you know in general and just finding that there there was a big gap in the in the you know uh information available and stories i'm a story person i love stories i i i love i love hearing about people's stories i want to know like what things are like for people and I I just went, oh, there's there's not when I went through this process, like I got my official diagnosis last year at 44, but I kind of self-diagnosed a year or two before that after Mm -hmm. years of of suspecting. Uh, And I just thought, God, there's got to be more people out there like me who are in their, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, who are just like gone through life and always kind of had this sort of itch in their mind of like why do I feel different like what is going on why why are certain things harder for me that are easy for most people and other things are easy for me that are hard for most people and why is communication difficult and why are certain environments difficult and uh so I wanted to do that so I'm glad that you discovered the show and I'm super happy you reached out and you're here and now I'll try to shut up
0: so you can talk. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I just, like, well, one of the things that I think the catalyst that led me to my autism journey, on my autism journey, is um, I have a son that's 15 and a half now, and he um, was diagnosed autistic when he was younger um, as a toddler, and um, also my, my spouse is autistic. she didn't she didn't discover she was autistic until into her adulthood either way um but that's um and i i i use the term spouse because our that's how we define our relationship yeah each other's spouses yeah that's that's how i'll leave it at that um sure and um when my son got diagnosed you know just like any parent at that time i was like you know all you hear is this fear mongering and all this like, Oh God, it's catastrophizing. It's going to be the worst. It's going to Mm -hmm. be, their life is going to be torture. It's going to be hell. It's going to be. Yeah. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult. And, you know, we, you know, we were sold that narrative. So to a degree we bought that narrative until we realized, wait a minute, this is, (laughs) we're the kind of people that always like, if you always focus on what you what you can't do yeah you never avail yourself to what you can and it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that for my son i'm not gonna i'm not gonna focus what he can't do and then we were doing a um a certain kind of therapy i don't know if i can bash therapy on here or not but um, you can say whatever you want
4: man we have we have no
0: judgment about anything we we were doing we were doing aba we were told aba therapy to start out with which is it may work for some it didn't work for us from our experience it doesn't work for most it's um it's manipulative it's abusive it's um not as helpful as people espouse it to be yeah Uh, and we realized we don't want this we want something different and um through our son's diagnosis we realized we were autistic we were like Hey, he's thing behaviors that he's showing and he's displaying, or similar to things that we displayed, or and such when we were younger. Yeah, and, and we you know we grew up in the seventies and the late seventies, mostly in the eighties and nineties. That's when right. our developing years, you know, where autism wasn't the thing that it is now. Yes. and it wasn't as widely diagnosed and prevalent, and you know, the terrible stigma was all around it. And we realized this isn't right. We want something different. So we, we abandoned that and yeah. we took a little hiatus and we shortly discovered um, this therapy called um, relationship development intervention, okay. which focuses more on the, the family dynamic and creating social relationships and harmony between each member of the family and between the family unit as a whole. and it um is i i would say it was transformative it um it just puts you in your natural element and you just part of our requirements at the time were just to if we can just try to briefly record interactions and things that we were doing and then we would give it to our trained therapist who would at it and evaluate and talk about the social relationship like the way you communicate in this area was awesome um perhaps try doing this next time or try using this strategy or this strategy or you know and it was just really focusing on the social and the family dynamic and it was transformative for not only him but for us as well and it was it took us it really made our family more cohesive and better because with aba my son was becoming more prompt compliant and just like asking for permission to do things that nobody should have to ask permission to do it's like can i go use the restroom yeah you don't have to go this this isn't school it's not prison or whatever you know you could if you gotta pee go pee you know or like asking if i can have can i have a snack i'm like yeah you know it's if it's within reason you know no, not like if oh, we're going to eat dinner in five minutes. So it's probably yeah. not a good choice. But yeah, if you want a snack, I'll get a snack. And um, we just thought that system of punishment rewards was just no bueno for us. Yeah. And um, we discovered um, the RDI that I mentioned, and it's been great. Yeah. And um, we don't do it formally anymore. But we continue to meet with a a family therapist yeah. um, every other week they, where we discuss what's going on in our family, our dynamics and how we interact and how we get along. And wow. um that's where we are right now. Yeah. And they I gotta give a I gotta give a shout out and a plug. They sponsor this conference. What? They had this conference in the past. Okay. It's called Love and Autism. That they, they haven't had it in a number of in the last couple of years. Um, not just because of the pandemic, but for other factors and reasons, but, uh, it, I got to give a plug out to this conference. It was just awesome. They had autistic adults that, um, embraced who they were and spreading a positive message that it's just a different, different diversity. It's just a different way of thinking, different way of interacting, a different way of receiving, just a different way of being. And they were that we're worthy of acceptance and inclusion and being a part of society and a norm, just like anybody else. Our yeah. norm is just different and it's not bad or anything. It's just different. And yeah. they had a lot of, in the several years that they had the conference, they invited several, um, well-known autistics. Um, they've had, um, John Elder Robison, I don't know if you, you know him. He, I don't think so. He, um, he's pretty famous. He wrote a book with a cubby in the title. I can't remember the exact name of it. What's um, his
2: name again?
0: John Elder Robeson, Robison, R O B I S O N. Okay. He's actually, a, I, um, I think he he used to do. He used to work with the band Kiss. He used to like make guitars or something for them and. Like oh, a, yeah, yeah. Was, I, yeah, I, cool. I have his book. I haven't read it yet, but I do have that. Look Me in the yeah. Audit, it's called Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. And then um, they've had one year they had uh, Barry Brasant. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's no. a, he's a famous, um, he's a autistic researcher. He was actually doing autism research back in the 80s and such when autism was still stigmatized. And, you know, they were telling autistics they have to be, institutionalized or yeah they can't be part of the mainstream or the norm and um he's an ac- he's an academic but he's an autistics academic if you will yeah. he's he's he listens to our voices not their voices yeah what's his and name Barry Barry present p-r-i-z-a-n-t oh okay and i i've actually been on his podcast he's oh no way yeah i, I did yeah. a little segment for the his which was awesome and he does that podcast with a uh, guy named david finch okay who is um he's a husband that wrote a book about being an autistic father and how after he got his autism diagnosis how it changed his relationship with his spouse and how he became oh. a better better father and yeah absolutely because he, he realized hey i just i'm just i'm not trying to be difficult I just my brain works different; I just interact differently. But you know, they had different great speakers like that. They've um, they've had so many. Uh, I'm get, I'm going to plug out all these names. These are people that I trust. They have Anita Lesko, who is an autistic female. They've had um, Amy Sequinia a non-speaking autistic, and these are. I, I want to give a shout out. I, as much as I can to yeah. autistic, autistic females mm-hmm. yeah. or autistics that present themselves as female yeah, um, because in my opinion, they don't get the attention and they don't get the respect that they deserve yeah, because we all know that autism is more diagnosed in boys than it is in girls and yeah. it's, there's just as many female autistics as there are male autistics in my opinion yeah. Yeah, they just don't get the attention in the same as others. And
2: yeah. yeah, you know, I
0: I try to use more gender neutral pronouns because I yeah I just I want to be respectful of that because you know our our diversities are different. Yeah, one hundred. Um, but yeah, that I kind of went on a tangent there. But the oh, that conference that's
4: what, that's what we're here for.
0: <laughs> that conference was awesome, and we've gotten some great connections through there and I've gotten great resources and I found a community there of yeah. people that accepted me. Um, I felt like embraced me and yeah. took me for who I am. That yeah, I, I didn't I, I don't have to be a I don't have to be anything that I'm not. Yeah. I can be authentic. You know, you know they respect the STEM. If I need a STEM in a safe and appropriate way, I can stem. you know and you know if if i need to step out if i need to take a break i need to take a break yeah and um i reached out to them when they were doing their conference like hey i I," because the conference was done by the agency where we do our therapy and um i was just like you know i love the conference and like i would love to be a part of this in some way somehow so a few years ago i i asked them and they um I, um, as my occupation, I evaluate, um, people trying to get a driver license. I'm a driver license examiner okay. for the for the state of department for the state of California Department of Motor Vehicles. And just, mm-hmm. just as a shout out, I'm not paid or endorsed by the California DMV to, <laughs> to do any of this. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm doing this as as a human and on yeah. my own.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I was like, I noticed that like a lot of autistics were just not, not wanting either fearful of driving or didn't want to drive or yeah. hmm. just had too much anxiety about it. And I just like, uh, just at the conference, I just reached out to him like, I'm, I'm interested in talking about something like this. Cause this is a topic in the autistic community. Yeah. And this is something that, is relevant to us and this is a community of autistics what do you say Can yeah I, how, how do you feel about it and they were on board they're like yeah absolutely cool so i i did a like a little breakout session i didn't i wasn't on the main stage but i did a little sidebar session yeah and it was awesome i just shared my experiences hey i'm an autistic that you know i have even though i evaluate i have my sensory issues too like yeah like A sudden siren that's like yeah. right there blaring. Okay, that that could set me on edge, yep. as it would some others. You know that that yeah. sensory overload. But um, I did uh, the session and it was it was great. I got a lot of great feedback in in my session. Cool. And I I, I say it was great feedback because I didn't have a whole lot of people. Like maybe I don't know ten or less people in there, but everybody in there ask me a question yeah you know and i figure if everyone if what you're presenting is relevant enough that every participant is asking at least one question or making at least one comment that's a success yeah you've you've made an impact you've you've connected with somebody on some level and you said you sent us that
4: link a while back
0: yeah i did i um i watched i watched that and it was
4: cool and, and for anyone who's Listening, if if you're cool with it, we'll we'll put that
0: link yeah. in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, I. The more I can get the message out there, the better. You know, I yeah. think we spread the word. To, I, I I don't like the phrase "spread the word" and the word, but you know, <laughs> knowledge knowledge is power. Yeah, you know, the, the more you know, the and the more you, the
3: more you can make an informed, educated decision and yeah, shape your worldview.
4: So it's did, funny, like talking did, did about you, driving.
3: Oh, sorry, Drew, go ahead. I think Ryan was going to ask the same question. Like, what are your findings? Summarize your findings as it relates to, I'm really interested about this because Ryan dro- decided to drive later in life and loves yeah. driving. I fucking love driving. I'll drive anything, trucks, diesel, yeah. rear wheel. Get, like, I just love it. Give me information about cars. So what were your findings as it relates to autistics in the, in the getting, in, I guess, in the motor vehicle licensing world?
0: Uh, a lot of it is the uncertainty. Yeah. How driving is so unpredictable because you may know what you're doing. Yes. But you don't know necessarily what the other person's doing. You you trust that they know the rules and that they're going to follow the rules. But you can't be entirely certain that they're going to. Yes. That they know the rules that they're going to follow the rules. Yes. And uh, the the sensory components, as I alluded to, like a sudden siren or a sudden noise or a sudden the car backfiring or whatever, you know? Yeah. If, if you're sensitive to noise and sounds, that can just set you off and that can just, yeah, that can put you in an overload and then you just freeze. And if you're behind the wheel of a car and you freeze or start to have a meltdown, that's a problem. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and um those are some of the anxieties that held up and i know and on the flip side there's so many other autistics that are just like so interested because finally with driving there is a set of rules there's a set of rules that that everyone's supposed to follow that's supposed to be the same rules for everybody else there's a a norm if you will yeah everybody's supposed to follow and you know there's finally some kind of order in the chaos and the order in the madness. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's like, okay, great. There's finally some kind of order and stuff, but you know, when somebody violates that order, Oh my God, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I personally love driving as well. I, um, I, I'm not licensed or anything to drive commercial vehicles. I just drive a regular car Yeah. and, um, no way on earth that I'll ever drive a motorcycle and yeah, I, know. I have <laughs> no interest no interest not in southern, not in southern california no way even you know though the weather's you great
4: even though know the weather's great
0: the drivers aren't
4: you do right yeah i actually it's funny cuz i didn't get my car driving license until i was about 35 i was terrified of driving like i just mm-hmm. I had tried it a couple of times and like I got my beginner's license and I tried it a couple of times, like, you know, with someone sitting beside you and I just was like, nope, 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 can't do it, can't do it. I once drove for 20 minutes like across the city and I was at like 25 and I was like, no, I never want to do this again, like this is too much at 35, I got my license and, uh, and now I love driving. Like if you're like, Hey, can you go pick up a thing? It's a 10 hour drive. I'm like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I got, I actually at, at about 25, I did the motorcycle course, like a weekend course and I fucking loved it. Really? And yeah. And I still to this day, like I really, really, really want a motorbike. I never want to drive it in a city. But man, like country roads, where like to me the perfect thing is like a two lane road because no one you don't have to worry about people that's in it. other lanes with you yeah, just stay on side. and you can just go on a two lane country road. To me, that's perfect because all I got to worry about is like stop signs hmm. and you're just going in a straight line. Like the road might curve, but you're just going. Hmm you're you know i don't want to be in a city where there's traffic and turning right and left and people cutting you in and out it's like no 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 but yeah like my, my job right now is an hour from my house but it's pretty much one country road to get there like i just get on that road and i take that road for an hour and i drive it all the time and in the summertime i always think man i would love to do this on a motorbike
0: hmm. yeah i i could see it from that perspective but i i had a bad experience experience on a dirt bike when I was younger with my older brother that um, I still remember and it's like he was uh, I think he was early teenager this was way back in the day before you had to have a license to drive a motorcycle and that kind of stuff and just he had gotten like this dirt bike I think a little two cylinder thing or whatever and was on a paid road and then um you know being being young and looking up to your older brother and being like, oh you're you're cool, you know, I want to be like you. I wanna I wanna be a part of your world. Um I wrote on the back and Ooh. he went on there and he thought he would just um be a little adventurous and ah. go off a little a dirt road that was not far from our house in an an undeveloped area. And um did not know how to navigate that, and long story short, he misjudged it. We lost control. the The bike went flying one direction. We fell off, go, and we went flying another direction. Yikes! And I still can almost feel the cuts and scrapes and bruises huh. and stuff as I talk about it. I'm like, ah, uh, no, yeah, uh, no, I. I'm, I'm done with that. I see uh, I'm not never, doing that. I could see never wanting to do that again. Nah. And, I, and just as even just riding a bicycle, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I feel cautious riding a bicycle yeah. on, a, on a city street. It's like, you know, oh. even though you got to share the road. People don't know that or realize I would, that or they simply don't care.
4: I would never ride a bicycle in a city. I, when I'm driving in the city wow. and I see people riding bicycles, I just think you are basically just deciding you want to die. Like, it's so stupid to me. I don't understand why people do
3: it. Um, I was in Toronto yesterday, Ryan, and I saw this dude, my buddy. I was just taking my buddy from the east end to the west end of Toronto. Yeah. And this guy was cycling beside us for like 10 minutes, texting, no hands. What? And it's like this new thing in Toronto. Like, I see it everywhere. People like texting their friends and changing their music with no hands while cycling. Like, it That's just.
4: It's ridiculous. I once like, okay, this is a story to me about cycling in the city. Years ago, I was living in Toronto. I was probably, this is in like my early 20s. There's streetcar tracks everywhere. Oh, yeah. I saw a cyclist go, get caught in a streetcar track and go down just as a streetcar was coming. And I was right beside it and everything went in slow motion. And this person was on the ground. Their legs twisted up in their bike. The streetcar ran over their bike and legs. So this person was like disappearing under the streetcar, looking up at me with these wide eyes, like re and I was like trying to rush towards them to try to grab them. What? And I just see this face of total fear. Like they're about to die. And it's like, everything went in slow motion and the streetcar hit the brakes, but it covered over the person. And, this, ha- these face and hands are reaching up to me and I ran over and I like reached down as the streetcar stopped. i got, I reached down and grabbed this person's hands and pulled him out. And just by like chance, his legs had not gone under the wheels of the streetcar. Oh, They'd gone God. in between and like, oh, but, like, and the bike was mangled and I got this guy out and I pulled him to the side to the curb. And he couldn't speak. He was sitting there like convulsing, like shaking. And I just sat there and like put my hand around him and was like, "You're okay, man. Like you're fine. You're gonna be okay." And he couldn't even talk. He was just like, "Uh and then I just waited there until like um, like a cop showed up and then I was like I was on my way to work I was like okay I gotta go the cops are here now like you're okay and I walked to work and I was just like I will never ever 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 ride my bicycle on city yeah. street ever again like yeah. I'll walk my bike to the trail along the lake and I'll ride there but I'm never like riding on city streets
3: you're insane I just Imagine. gave my speed bike to my friend recently I was just like yeah I, him. I traded him for weed or something I was like take it I don't want to make it <laughs> Just imagine the PTSD. Oh, oh man. man. This person's oh. shaking. And I was just like,
4: this person, just by chance, isn't dead or doesn't, didn't have their legs cut off. Like,
3: pure oh, yeah. chance
4: in that moment. Like oh,
3: That's wild, right?
4: So, anyway, not, I don't know how yeah. we got there. but
3: no, Dan, uh, You kind of alluded to it. Like, I just recently got to a place in my driving career where if someone doesn't sing, signal... I don't honk at them anymore.
5: <laughs>
3: where are you at? <laughs> well, it's great you bring that up because that's my
0: biggest pet peeve, um, driving. its That's always been my pet peeve ever since I first learned how to drive and up until now doing what I do and being a driver, that's my biggest pet peeve. It's like, great, you know where you're going, but I don't know where you're going. Yeah how am I supposed to know where you're going and how can I slow and slow down and adjust? Yeah. Yeah. Granted, I'm not supposed to be tailgating you, which I try not to do, but you got to let me know what you're going to do, where you're going to go. So I can adjust if necessary, especially if we're going at a high rate of speed, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to take me a lot more time and distance to Mm -hmm. slow down and react. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've gotten to a place where I, I don't think I really honk at them unless it's, super dangerous unless they're like, oh, I got to turn right here. And it's like a split-second decision where it's catastrophe could catastrophe yeah. happen. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I, I try not to honk. Um, I may utter a few choice words at them. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, it gets, it's that catharsis. It gets that feeling, that emotion out in a safe and healthy way. Yeah, And, you know, it's, you know, the only person that's really there to hear me yeah. is who, who's ever, whoever's in the car with me, in the car. um, and, um, I have to tell you that when I with my, I have my son in the car, cause, uh, I, um, growing up, I, as he was getting younger, as he was younger, I didn't want to curse too much in the car. You know, I didn't want that to necessarily be my default. So, um, trying to think of something more subtle and, something that is in fact impactful to get out the emotion, some kind of term that would, you know, convey what I'm feeling, but be a word that if he said, or he repeated it, it wouldn't be a bad word. He wouldn't get yeah. tested for it. Yeah. I call people kumquats. Kumquats. <laughs> kumquats. I'm like, you kumquat. And I would just say it, you know, and fruit. you know, it's not a bad word. It's just a fruit, but it's the way I said it and yeah. the way I convey the emotion it gets out the feeling it lets out like sound yeah it does yeah, yeah. Like, but, but, but i'm not but i'm not saying you a-hole or yeah, a yeah you or yeah. anything that that if he repeated he could get chastised or trouble for yeah just, if he's like if you just call somebody gunkwai like okay you just call somebody a
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> no big deal um, somebody does a really bad job driving. Sometimes I'll just roll up beside them and I'll just be like, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> What you did back there? That was shit. That was, yeah, just. Was I'll, just I'll, I'll
0: just come up to them or something and I'll just like, if I'll just look over and I'll just roll my eyes and I'm like, Disgust. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say that. I'll just like,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, and like, because cause then I put the onus on them.
3: It's like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Deal with that. If you can handle the eye contact. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'm an autistic that can do eye contact. Yeah. I don't, I don't avoid eye contact.
2: Yeah.
3: It's taken a while. I at restaurants when I was a kid, my mom was like, look at the waitress when she's talking to you. And I'm like, it's hard. Like it's really hard. I'm struggling. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've had to learn how to do it. It was very difficult
0: before. uh, But you know, um, Cause that's when my son was doing ABA. They were always like this kind of this forced compliance, you know, look at me and this stuff. It's like, no, he, why, why? I don't have to be looking at you to be listening to you, to knowing what you're saying. I'm not, I don't, I don't particularly listen with my eyes. Yeah. You know, I, I listen with my ears and my body. I listen with the whole package. I don't have to just listen. Yeah. My, my eyes are part of it. My eyes aren't the entire thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say to people, like, do you have to look at the radio to listen to it? Ah, good analogy. Like, like to me, it's like if I if I have to look at you, it actually makes it harder for me to listen because the visual input dominates the audio input. Right. So then you're talking to me, and I'm just looking at your face, and all of a sudden I get fixated on like your facial structure and how your mouth is moving and how your jaws moving and how your, your face muscles are moving. And Oh, isn't it interesting how your cheekbones connect to this and your ears have this shape mm-hmm. to them and your lips have this shape and your chin is shaped. And I, I, my eyes just start studying the structure of your face. Yeah. And then I just focus on that and I, and your mouth's going like this, but I don't hear any of the sound coming out because yeah. my, the, the vision, the video, the visual, the video the uh the visual input uh <laughs> buries the audio input underneath it. And then I'm just like, you finished talking, and I just go, I don't know what you just said. Because yeah. you had like a, you have a mole right here on your cheek, and I just stared at that for the last four minutes because that's the only thing I could see. So right. it's like I actually will listen better if I'm not looking at you. But you know, that's yeah. I mean, how moment. often
0: are you listening to music and yeah, yeah, you're, you're- your headphones on you're listening to the beats and you're just like with your eyes closed just rocking yeah rocking to the beat you know because you're you're letting the music overtake you and you're letting the the vibe control what you do and and oftentimes if i open my eyes and i i let in that visual perception
2: yeah
0: i i lose the vibe or i lose the Mm -hmm. the meaning or i lose the the good beat that i'm listening to and it's like exactly and what i'm like i'm like you brian when i'm looking at somebody i you know i'm kind of studying their facial features i'm like okay uh there's symmetry like you know i yeah i don't, yeah. Think, I don't think anybody really has a perfectly symmetrical face oh no. very, very few people in the world if any do it's like you know just like noticing the little subtleties of like the imperfections and yeah you know and i'm like you know your imperfections are awesome imperfections are what make you yeah. unique and yes yeah. individualistic I, and I, I, I sorry go ahead
4: no go ahead no i, I just well, i was just gonna say like i'm, I'm for, focusing on those things too for me sometimes too like i find it easier to listen to people sometimes with my eyes closed
2: mm-hmm.
4: like if i'm having a conversation and it's like uh like i'm if it's like a, a, a little bit of a deeper conversation about like a serious topic or about like a concept or like a philosophical concept or a psych- psychology or like, or, or just something that's kind of a, a serious thing that I really want to focus on what you're saying. I want to just close my eyes and just kind of be like this and listen to you. Yeah. But, but, you know, obviously as we all have learned in our lives that, uh, that is not natural to neurotypical people so like if 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 you close your eyes they go well you're not listening to me and i'm like <laughs> what do you
3: mean? i'm i'm not giving you maximum listening yeah, like you're not oh,
4: you're not paying attention and i'm like i'm paying more attention with my eyes closed to what you're saying than not but i i'm aware that like like if i'm at work or something and i'm talking to like the owner of the company and he's telling me something I want to just close my eyes and listen to him, but I'm totally self-conscious of the fact that for him, that's really weird. So I don't do it, but it's like, I want to do it because I'll actually hear you better. But I'm just like in the last year, I'm kind of like, you know, as, as, as so many of us do, when we discover like these, these techniques that we've you know picked up and developed of, of, of masking and, and fitting in, like i'm just starting to allow myself sometimes to do that when i speak to people that i'm comfortable enough with to just go i'm going to just close my eyes when you talk and you have to decide whether or not you're comfortable with that but i'm just going to do it
0: yeah <laughs> you know yeah. the neurotypicals they don't understand that our our sensory systems are the way we're wired that we're we're taking in information and and it's so fast and in so many ways. Yeah. And that it's faster than we can process that by closing Mm -hmm. our eyes, that's helping us filter out. Yeah. Some of that information that's helping us focus and direct our energies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To, to what you're saying. Yeah. And that, um, you know, Uh, there's nothing, I don't know why that's so wrong. I don't know why culture has been conditioned to say, you got to look at me. Um, Yeah. I I think that's a bunch of BS. And I am like with my son, for example, I don't make him look at me when he's talking to me. You know, if he's, If he's like looking my direction, I'm assuming he's looking at me. I don't make him make eye contact with me.
2: Yeah.
0: As long as I as long as his voice is projecting my direction, that's fine. You know,
2: yeah.
0: I don't want to be talking to him and him having his back to me talking to the wall. (laughs) If I and I'm like, okay, I respect that, but if it's something that I really need you to understand or really communicate, yeah, I'd like you to at least turn around you don't necessarily yeah, look at me yeah but just try to look my direction not only so uh, i can hear you a little bit better yeah so to say but just for my own my own sensory my own processing sure um because and it's like you know I i just let him be who he's gonna be i mean i don't want to worst thing in the world are the helicopter currents and oh, god yeah. forbid i ever become one of them
4: uh, uh, uh. do you have just well, you have the one kid or do you have more too i
0: we just have i just had the one he's yeah. like 15 and a half and yeah. it's we're we're happy to have one we just yeah there were some things early on Um my wife we've had some health issues that we were never able to have another one but yeah Fair enough. um yeah. we're blessed we're blessed with the one we have we're grateful and yeah you know we're gonna we, i think we're doing the best we can and yeah doing I what have we know how I to one
4: do. one child as well i have a daughter she's she's well she'll be six in a in a, a few weeks um and sure. uh yeah i it's amazing i love it and uh, i'm i'm Absolutely. blessed with the one and that's great and her mom and i are not together anymore but we're we're uh, both committed to her, my daughter, like, you know, like, and, and and that's cool. And um, yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it's funny, like, it's not funny. It's, you know, being sort of newly discovered autistic for the first few years of her life. I didn't know I was autistic. I mean, I, I had suspected for a long time, but now that I know it's definitely changing my approach to parenting, because I'm, I think a little more conscious of my own, sensory and communication issues and how that will play into my ability to parent with her and how i react to her and how you know things like that and then i'm also find myself kind of on this like uh watching her to see if i see any autistic traits kind of going oh she's doing that's interesting how she's doing that or that's you know i don't at this point i don't think she is on the spectrum but she does have a couple of traits that i've noticed that i go huh those could be indicators but uh anyway so that's just kind of fascinating uh her mom her, her mom is 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 not autistic so uh you know it's a different world but yeah i don't know there
0: it is. Yeah. My spouse and I, we um we're we we co parent Um our our marital relationship is different. We we just say we co-parent. Yeah. I don't, don't wanna get into a whole lot of that because how we how we define our relationship is our business, 100%. nobody else's. Yeah.
4: And, I, would, I would never ask you for
0: and, and personal no, I, information I, I, that you don't just no, freely. I know that. Yeah. yeah, I know. And we we are committed to being the best parents we can. Yeah. For our son, and I noticed you know, in my son, things that I did when I was younger, and that um, yeah. that led me to understanding and getting my autism diagnosis, yeah. um, and I noticed similarities and what he does are things that I used to do when I was growing up or yeah. you know, he's doing things. I'm like, did I used to do that or something? And I would ask, I'd ask my family and they're like, well, yeah, to a degree or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, and I don't, I don't look at, I look at those as unique qualities and yeah. as gifts and as uh, individualities. I don't look at them as imperfections or yeah. as any faults or anything. In anyway, yeah. that makes you who you are. That makes you unique, and that makes yeah. you one of a kind. And you are one of a kind. And yeah, never doubt that. Never question that. Yeah. Never let anybody tell you you're not. And never let anybody make never never let anybody tell you you're not good enough. That you're not. That you're not individual and that you are not unique just the way you are yeah. you were designed in a in a unique and wonderful way yeah and we love you for it and the people that trust you and respect you are going to love you for that yeah no matter what through thick or thin
4: yeah 100 percent. and it's it's interesting to think about because like uh on that topic you know um so last last year i started working with a coach. Um, I don't know what you call it, like a life coach or something like this. Right. Like, um, and in the initial couple of months of us working together, a lot of what we did were different exercises to sort of like figure out your patterns, figure out your behaviors, figure out your internal beliefs, figure out your values. And in doing some of these exercises, there were a few of them that were really, really powerful that revealed a lot to me about my internal beliefs about myself that I had that I was unaware of consciously. And a lot of that, like you talk about that feeling of feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you're broken, feeling like you're a failure, feeling like you'll never be good enough. Like I had a lot of those beliefs internalized. And when you have those beliefs. When you feel like in yourself you'll never be a success, nothing will ever work out, everything will always fall apart, you're you'll never be good enough, you sabotage everything, you're going to break everything you touch, nothing good will ever stay in your life, everything you try to create will fall apart. When you have those kind of beliefs, well you manifest them in your life. You you create situations where those beliefs become reality because that's everything you're trying to build if you already have this internal belief that it's not going to work well guess what it's not going to work and it's interesting to me to look back on and think about well where do those beliefs come from and a lot of it comes from growing up uh, undiagnosed autistic and trying to mask trying to fit in trying to be like everyone else trying to protect myself from being picked on and bullied and and seen as other seen as different um you know being made fun of by other kids like all of that stuff or even just like being misunderstood like i you know being a kid and having a what i now look back on and realize was like uh a sensory overload caused like meltdown but at the time having your parents just go oh you're just trying to get attention like snap out of it just do this do that go to your room You're just, you're just being dramatic. You're just doing this. You're just doing that. And, and I remember these, I remember being like a kid and my parents going like, Oh, you're just trying to get attention. And I would think to myself, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm after. That's not what I'm doing. What you're telling me I'm doing is not what I feel like I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know how to articulate that. So I look back on this stuff now in this last year, I've done a lot of like unpacking of all of this, of like understanding these beliefs I have, these internal things and like where they come from. And and a lot of it comes from that being undiagnosed autistic as a child and like forcing yourself to mask and pretend and try to fit in. So it's really awesome to me to hear you parenting your kid from a place of, Hey, like you, I don't want my kid to have these internalized beliefs of being not good enough or being broken, or that there's something wrong with you. Because my whole life, I thought there's something wrong with me. I always just thought, I don't know what it is, but there's something wrong with me. And yeah. like I carried that for 40 plus years, yeah, as so many of us have. And I'm still in the process of the last, say, 10 months of trying to undo that. But it's going to take a while. Because you can't, you can have the realization to go, oh, I see what happened there but it's not that quick to just go, you can't just snap your fingers and undo 40 years of, of, of structured internal belief systems and so, bad habits, you know, and bad habits you form around that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, a lot of times I had for just remember the mantra, you must unlearn what you have learned, you know, yes. do, yeah. do the Yoda. And um, I, I had many of those same struggles and, um you know not feeling good enough not feeling feeling misunderstood you know like you know what do i have to do to to be a part of this group what do i have to do yeah. to to fit in or feel normal
2: yeah
0: and then as i've gotten older and hopefully gotten wiser i realized i'm not i'm not going to fit in because i was designed to stand out yeah. and um and i'm not going to fit in because what whatever fitting in looks like to you is toxic and repellent to me and I want no part of that that is if I fit in or I become a part of that I'm going to I perceive I'm going to become similar or like like you or like however you present yourself and uh, I don't want any of that
2: yeah
0: and uh with and with our son like um the therapy agency that we use and i'm going to give a shout out to them they are the they're called the family guidance and therapy center and in, yep. in san diego california i have to give them a shout out yeah they don't know they don't know i'm doing this but hey i'm gonna plug them because they're awesome well
4: cool. and, and anyone I'm listening gonna... will uh, we'll put the we'll i'll find the website i'll put the link in the show notes. and
0: box. i'm gonna i'm gonna plug our uh, the two therapists that we've worked with that have been awesome. I'm going to give them a shout out. The first one, her name is, um, Avra, A V E R R I A. Martin. She was our first one. Um, she, uh, transferred to another position, um, got a better opportunity and everything, but she was awesome. And our current one, her name is Megan, M E G H A N. Murphy. She's our current therapist. Yeah, they are two amazing human beings, and if anybody's listening, that ever has the opportunity to meet the two of them, yeah, you'll you'll never go wrong. I mean, um, I mean, because we got we got to share the joy. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah, and yeah. The, you have to reach out to the people. I think you have to give a lot of. I I try to, to embrace an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, and all of my life, you know, um, not just be not because it's the quote unquote right thing to do, but it just, as you mentioned, or Ryan, it's I what I internalize is what I become. Yeah, what I believe, and 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 what I manifest. Yeah, and if I manifest good vibes and good energy, if I manifest good things in my life, and I I share that manifestation with others and to others yeah then that's what's gonna breed that's what's gonna grow and that's what's gonna uh, bloom yeah and that's what i want to see in the world not yeah i want to see that in the world for everybody but i especially want to see that in the world for myself and i want to see that in the world for my my family and for my son
5: yeah
0: i want him growing up in a world where he's accepted for who he is yeah and that you know he doesn't need to change. He doesn't need to be anything different. The world the world needs to look at things through a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember growing up as younger, um, you know, like I said, wanting to fit in. And I remember this one particular instance when I was a kid in grade school. Um, you know, the grade school thing at recess is to play kickball. And I always I always loved playing kickball. I was never really great on offense, but I was great on defense. I was great out in the field. And you know, you get these like pseudo wannabe jocks and wannabe popular kids who are like, oh you're you're the weird kid, you know, we don't want you on our team or anything yeah. like that. You know, it's like it's like we're only gonna we're only letting you play because the teacher's watching or because we feel like we have to because yeah yeah you know we're gonna get in trouble or they're gonna talk to us or whatever you know that yeah nonsense and i remember uh was one time you know i was one of those kids that always got picked last yeah good for us hey i was i was that kid too. hey hey i don't mind being the kid that gets picked last you know yeah. i don't care yeah um And they underestimated me. And um, I had played a little bit of baseball when I was younger. And, you know, I just – I was able – my brain was able to conceptualize and take the elements of baseball into the elements of kickball. It's like, you know, there's a lot of similarities, the patterns and defense and, you know, similar strategies. And I remember being in the outfield – and this was like when I was in third or fourth grade. (laughs) because. Cause we played on the, there were two different um, playgrounds, one for the upper grades, one for the lower grades Yeah. at my school. And I remember this was the lower grade one. And I was in the outfield. They didn't want to, I was in the outfield cause they're like, Oh, just go stick him out in the outfield. Just yeah. go stick him out there. And this person kicked um, this wannabes pseudo doc popular kid uh thought he would try to kick in my direction and be like oh he he can't do anything here it's just, yeah that's this is going to be an easy run this is going to be an easy easy thing and he kicks it my direction and um like i would played baseball before and i'd been in the outfield and i um i had pretty good depth perception i thought
2: yeah
0: and I was able to follow where the ball was going and I was aware and I saw it. And then like, I remember suddenly I was right there where the ball was, the ball was coming down and like this big gust of wind came and like started to take the ball Oh wow! Uh, f- further back. And I remember jumping up Whoa! And, and putting my hands up in the air and catching the ball between no my hands above my head and the wind taking the ball. And like carrying me with it because you well, know I'm a little scrawny <laughs> elementary kid. And like going back and coming down and able to bring the ball in amazing and held on and held on to it as I was falling to the ground and got the out. And everybody was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, good job. And everything. And yeah. you know, um, I don't know what that kid's response was or whatever. I didn't really give a damn. Yeah. I just like, you know, I score one for the the little Yeah. The
2: little yeah. Bit, you know, and, I, and I was like represent.
0: Oh, it felt it just felt so great. And so awesome. Um I just I want those little moments, and little opportunities for everyone. You know, they don't have to be yeah. big, gigantic or anything, but I especially want those for for our community. Yeah. You know, because we don't hey, we guys. don't get the we don't get those praises, we don't get those accolades.
4: Uh, sorry, my coffee just went right through me. I'll be right back. Talk amongst <laughs> <about it> yourselves.
3: <laughs> Yo, Dave, I was just thinking, I was just thinking like, it's so funny how, it's a little bit off topic, but like when you started bringing up the kickball, I had flashbacks to the big thing in my junior school was foot hockey.
5: Okay.
3: And so you, you know, whether you have a tennis ball or a slightly harder ball, it didn't matter the season. Even when there was snow, we would snow, we would push the snow away with shovels. And it was that very similar environment of like a almost like a cast system happening within the game. And I think that's why those memories get imprinted the way they do. They happen at such a vulnerable, precarious age. Like, I can't remember half the shit I did in high school, but I remember mm-hmm. that foot hockey game. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's something there with, like, these unlikely hero stories where, like, you just talk to regular people, yeah. and they bring up their, like, childhood glory stories. Well, we all have those stories. Yeah. We, wh- whether we remember them not,
0: and whether they're traumatic or not, you know, hopefully... I mean, hopefully we we all have those stories, and hopefully you have more positives than you do negatives. Um, but just we all need those little successes, and because I think you can only build and grow on success. You know, yeah. I mean, you have to have your you got to have the balance. You got to have the the successes with the setbacks and everything. But mm-hmm. if if you use the the setbacks to to learn from and to support the successes, then mm. that's how you develop, and that's how you grow, and that's how you excel, and that's how you succeed. Um, yeah, that's that was something. Yeah, and I this was in the middle. I mean, I I live in Southern California now, but I grew up in the Midwest, midwestern United States. I grew up right in the middle. I grew up in Kansas, so right in the middle, of the middle where we got four seasons of weather, mm. and now snow I, in have, Kansas, snow in Kansas. Yeah, it snows like not, not as much as, I mean, I don't know what it, I don't know how it does now with climate change or whatever, because I'll say it here, I believe climate change is real. I'm not a denier. <laughs> and um, I don't know what it's like. I don't know if it's so much there now. I think it, as it did then, I think it has a little bit more because my, my family still lives out there, mm-hmm. but it snowed fair enough. No, nothing like the northern mm-hmm. parts of the of the country or canada but mm-hmm. um yeah it's we have four seasons of weather there
3: mm-hmm. but just back to your point dave i think like the more adults like this is sort of how the podcast started was like the more adults that own and love and celebrate their autism like ryan and yourself and like indirectly myself through the show it's like if younger kids have those outlets or those people those athletes those NASCAR drivers whoever it is that are are saying hey this is a great thing actually and let's um let's make this a positive as you're as you're parenting like in a positive way you're not saying no 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 you're saying yes 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 and the more of that that we get i think we will have hopefully a more accepting place society yeah
0: yeah i don't want that uh, I think there's too much. There's too much negative language already, and yeah. we need more positive language. And
2: yeah.
0: if if you grow up learning negative language and hearing no, 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 or can't, or won't, or any of that, or why, why that can't, jazz, why can't
4: you? Shame, shame, yeah. shame, shame, yeah, shame. shame. Like, why can't you just do this? Why can't you be more like them? Why? It's not that hard. Why are you struggling so much? Yeah.
3: Why does it take you so long to do this? Yeah. Because I want to do it correctly. How about?
0: Because I, I this is the way I do it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. this is. And I've, I, I. My response kind of is like. Do you want it done quickly or do you want it done accurately?
3: Yeah.
0: Because. You can't necessarily have both. At the, in the same context and you know and i i when i was younger i i got you know chastised for being combative like that you know yeah, yeah, yeah are you talking back to me i'm like no i'm just i'm just clarifying and i'm just letting i'm just trying to get you to understand that how you're asking the question or what your expectation is yeah, and what my expectation is so we can try to have some cohesion so we yeah. can kind of have some harmony um, you know, I'm not trying to be. I'm not back talking. I'm not trying to be. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make things difficult. I'm just clarifying. And it's like you know, if if you want me to half-ass it, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, um, maybe if I want to be passive-aggressive,
4: I don't want um, to- <laughs> 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 but,
3: that's a whole other
0: show. That's a whole but, other- but if. But a lot of me is like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to compromise my worth, my values, my dignity, if you will, to appease you. It's no, you you have no right to ask me to compromise who I am to, to fit your narrative or to fit your norm or to fit whatever you want, you know, um, it's like, how would you feel? How would you feel somebody did that to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, there's just so many, there's so much entitlement in this world. I, it just, I, it just
4: yeah, this is like triggering me about my relationship. But I mean, there there are so many instances where my uh, I'm not, and I'm not shitting on anybody. It's not. I'm just kind of this is more humorous to me now. Yeah. But like so many instances in my last relationship with my daughter's mom where like I would be doing something a certain way and then she would criticize me for the way I'm doing something and I remember just saying to her I go like do you want me to do it or do you want it done your way you got to pick one because you can't ask me to do it and ask me to do it your way That's just not going to work so it's like either like and it'd be something even something as simple as like I'm being told I'm doing the dishes wrong you know And I'd just be like, well, I'm just doing the dishes the way it makes sense for me to do the dishes. And if it doesn't make sense for you, like, I'd rather you not criticize me because it's in the grand scheme of things, who gives a fuck? Mm
2: -hmm. I I would never, ever walk in and see
4: you doing the dishes and think to myself, well, why are you doing it that way? Like, that doesn't make sense. Let me take this time to tell you how to do the dishes. I just wouldn't bother. I'd just be like, okay, cool. You're doing the dishes. I'm going to go do something else now. Like I'll go clean the bathroom or like whatever it is. Uh, so it's just, it's funny to me because I think that happens a lot in life where like people will, will look at you and go, well, why are you doing it that way? And it's just like, why do you have to comment? <laughs> like it's yeah. just li- literally just be grateful everyone... I'm doing it. What's that? Just be,
0: just be grateful that yeah. I'm doing it. Just yeah. be
4: like, okay, cool. You're yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it just, it's funny. Like even just like, oh man, even like a month ago, uh, uh, she was dropping my daughter off at my house and I was outside like raking the lawn and she showed up and started criticizing the way I was raking the lawn what? and I just looked at her and I'm just like I can't I I didn't say anything I just was like whatever but in my head I'm just like I can't imagine having an opinion about how you do anything like it yeah. just doesn't it wouldn't yeah. if I was dropping my daughter off at your house and you were raking your lawn I, I can't imagine having the desire to even form an opinion about how you're doing it, let alone express yeah. that opinion. I just, yeah. it doesn't, I, I don't, and anyway, I'm not shitting on anyone. I'm, I'm really not. Uh, this is, you know, like my daughter's mom, there's a lot of respect there. There has to be, yeah, uh, it's course, just, it's just, course. it's more just an observation about what I think of as like some neurotypical behavior, which is like this desire to like criticize oh, yeah. how you do a thing. And it's just like, who gives a fuck? like literally who gives a fuck if no one's getting hurt it and if it takes me two hours to do it this way but you think it would only take me an hour to do it a different way because that's the better way because it's your way who fucking cares yeah Yeah. do do it
3: you fucking do it then if you want it done that way
4: and the thing about my brain my autistic brain is every task i do I might, want, I might do it slightly different each time because I'm running a constant experiment on how to do that task. Yeah. So I might go, I'm going to try it a little bit different this way and it might take longer, but I might figure out one aspect of that that makes more sense to me. And then and over the course of years, I might by little tiny increments be tweaking a certain task to try to make it more and more efficient and effective over time. But yeah. in those experiments, sometimes it might be less effective or less efficient because of those tweaks, but then the, those, you know what I mean? It's just like an ongoing thing. Like yeah. it, it, but if it, somebody's
3: hovering over your fucking shoulder, you're not going to able to conduct the experiments.
4: No. And you can't even think, I can't even think mm-hmm. if I'm worried that somebody's criticizing how I'm doing it because I'm like, and I might be doing something in a wrong way, but I might know that already because I'm doing an experiment about how to do it in this wrong way to see if I can learn something. It's like, yeah.
0: but, but. That's I, one, re- that's one reason that i enjoy the job that i do right now uh because i'm i'm not inside the office all day with all that noise and all that hovering and yeah
4: all that hey dave uh, did you get all your that TPS? clatter dave we didn't get your tps report yet uh when are you gonna get that into us yeah <laughs> <laughs> monday
3: Well, it's like yo dave how do go. you like I can tell that like shout out to office space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're watching. They're listening. Yo, they are. Dave, how do how do you like it sounds like from your energy that like, you know, you grew up like with at least one parent that was neurotypical. Yeah. And, and like so how do you deal with like earlier in the conversation you talked about toxic energy? Like if someone's obviously toxic in your life, do you keep them in your life, and if the answer is yes, how? Well, um, I keep them in my life if I if I
0: have to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's but I I minimize the relationship that I have with them, yeah. and I I have I have the relationship w- with them on my terms. Yeah, hmm. and um, if it's necessary, if it's not necessary then I'm, I'm like I distance myself from them either but cut it off right away or I just gradually disassociate yeah um growing up I um um both my parents were um but my mom was a homemaker daycare provider she did home daycare out of the house yeah. and my dad uh, worked um graveyard shift at a a factory.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, during income tax season, he was a tax preparer for uh, H&R Block.
5: Hmm.
0: Um, and um, my, both of them, my dad grew up in a small town in Minnesota and his family still lives there. My mom grew up in Kansas and um, yeah, I had uh, I have an older brother, an older sister, and a younger brother and um, all of my immediate family still lives out in Kansas mm. um, I'm in Southern California, more closely connected with my my spouse's family because um my family's just we've kind of we don't keep in touch much a whole lot because they um we just we just have different worldviews and we just have different ways of our lives are just taking different directions. And yeah. um, I've tried to reach out, but they haven't I put the ball in their court, if you will, but yeah. they haven't ball, volleyed it back. Or if they do, it's not at a if they do volley the ball back, it's like, oh, I forgot that I put the I forgot I sent the ball over there, you know. It's yeah. just so delayed that we just and so I kind of have a love hate lukewarm relationship with them.
3: Yeah, I feel that. Man.
0: And um my my parents were um I think both of my parents were were neurotypical. Um, I can't think of any specific things or traits about them that would make me believe that they weren't. Yeah. And, um but um I um, I'm adopted and I found out that years ago uh, just about maybe seven to ten years ago uh, that my um aunt the, the my mom's sister was actually the um was is actually my birth mom oh wow and, and I I I didn't know that. It was a closed adoption, and this was back in the, the 70s where um, having a kid out of wedlock was taboo and was yeah. just not, it was just, and, and the culture I grew up in that was wrong. That was. Yeah, especially in Kansas. Well, um, just in my family. I, I grew up in a college town, so it was a little more liberal, but. Yeah. Our family was, that just, it was just a thing. And it, you know, I could have gone to a, a really dark place and yeah. I could have gone to a place of like real hatred and animosity and just been like, you know, fuck you. You know, it's like, you know, been could like, you lied them, to me. Some yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it could have been like, you know, I could have like just, just with, you know, you, um, you, I I could have felt like really betrayed. Yeah, and um, I'm like, I was at a happy place in my life, and I was at a place in my life that, um, I wasn't gonna let that in my life, you know, because I had seen how there's there's absolutely no nothing positive about adopting that mindset, adopting that attitude. Mm -hmm. yeah and embracing that energy yeah and i'm like um as my spouse and i like to say we ain't got no time for that shit (laughs) and i'm like i don't want that in my life because you know if i embrace that that's what i'm going to manifest that's what i'm going to breed, and that's um that's what i'm going to share on to my son i'm going to share those values that believe that attitude either directly or indirectly onto him yeah. and i'm like i don't want my i don't want to shape his beliefs and attitudes for him i want him to develop those on his own yeah. you know i want to guide him but I, I don't want i don't want my crap or whatever to be his crap yeah and that's that's not fair to him and well, it's I not healthy for you do
4: that. like it's I like no it's like that quote I, that, that's always it's always attributed to, to the Buddha. I don't know if it is or actually something he said or not, but it's like that quote about like, you know, holding, holding onto a grudge is, is like drinking poison and thinking the other person's going to die. It's like, yeah, it's, it's that exactly. neg- you're holding on to like negative energy around somebody else. It, it does nothing for you. It does nothing for your own health, for your own uh, uh, growth, your own development, your own happiness, your own fulfillment it it just limits yourself and the other person is unaware of it they don't even like they're not yeah. feeling it so it's like it they literally is shits. like drinking drinking poison uh and 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 it's it's yeah it makes no sense they could care less you know they don't um, give a
0: shit they're dancing you know they're like, like no you no. know it's like yeah you're an afterthought or whatever yeah and um and then um Back in the year 2000, my, my, my mom, who um, I, I call the woman who raised me my mom, My yeah. the woman who gave birth to me is my aunt. Yeah. Um, even though my mom and my aunt are sisters, my mom is the one who raised me. and. That's yeah, your mom. Yeah. She's my mom. Yeah. Um, sadly, she passed away in the year 2000 from, from cancer at a young age.
3: Sorry to hear that. Um,
0: and I had just I think that was kind of for my my family that was kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, okay. because um the it, that was the time that I was finishing that was around the time that I was finishing college and I was starting my own my own adult life, starting my own journey and yeah. I was starting to spread my wings and leave the nest. Yeah. And, um, and my, without getting into too much detail, I think my my dad married somebody else on the rebound. Yeah. And, um, things are just severed and falling apart. I don't have a whole lot of contact with my family anymore. Um, out there my wife's family is, is my family now yeah yeah they're 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 the people that i they're emotionally invested in me yeah
2: they're
0: they're the people that i'm emotionally invested in
2: yeah
0: they're the ones that um they got my back if you will
2: yeah
0: and they're the ones that um that i know love me unconditionally and yeah. do anything for me but um going back to the whole thing like the I didn't notice any traits here, anything in my, any of my siblings, you know, yeah. nothing autistic. Um, if anything, um, my, my two brothers, they try to, I, as an adult now looking back into different lands, they're kind of like the alpha male stereotype, yeah. you know, that, vulnerability is weakness and crap which is a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. um, you know I, I know i've learned that the more vulnerable i am the stronger i am yeah because, because mm-hmm. the more i let people in the more people i know what my insecurities are what my what my deficits are where yeah. my weaknesses are the better the more i own them yeah. the more i can i can get the assistance and guidance i need yeah. i need and and the more The more doors that are open the more avenues are available to me and um you know I was kind of hesitant about that disclosing that I was autistic at first because of all the stigma and such especially as an adult in a professional environment it's everything you know yeah all, all I could think of at first was like the backstabbing the discrimination the gaslighting all of the everything that's gonna all the backlash if you will yeah and like how can can people use this against me exactly and then i was like you know people don't control me i control me yeah and i have enough people in my life that will support me and will go to the bat for me and will fight tooth and nail for me emotionally relationally socially yeah you know My medicine is stronger than your poison, and yeah. I'm not. You, you can be who you're going to be, but this is who I am, and I'm going to live authentic. You don't decide who I am; I decide who I am. Yeah. You don't decide how I perceive or what I believe or how I present. I decide that.
2: Yeah.
0: And those that those who want to be in my inner circle, great, they're going to be a part of it, and they're going to embrace that. Yeah. those that don't want to be well great that's your choice it's nice knowing you but we we can't have that harmony yeah you know you're gonna to have to willing you have to give up you have to adapt a little bit
4: yeah mm-hmm. it's it's tricky man with the family stuff like um i have two brothers and i wouldn't say we have a bad relationship but we just don't talk like we just we just one of them lives an hour away and I like we just we just don't even talk to each other it's not bad if we do see, if we did see each other it wouldn't it's not like we're fighting it's like we'd be like hey how's it going good how are you okay but it's just Dude, like, I've known you ours. all this
3: time and I never knew you had siblings what's that I've known you all this time and I didn't yeah know you had and then uh, my yeah and it's it's more like he's an acquaintance
4: and, mm-hmm. and, and then my other, my other brother lives farther away and we talk slightly more often, but we're not close these days. And, uh, I've found <clears throat> it's been interesting in my, the family dynamic in the journey of, of autism discovery is, uh, you know, it, it can be a really interesting thing is that is I've discovered that nobody, nobody's interested nobody wants to talk about it nobody's interested nobody none of my family have ever asked me any questions about this whenever I bring it up it's like uh, they change the subject or they just don't want to talk about it or one one of my brothers just straight up told me I'm not autistic and that I'm just I'm just uh, uh, I'm just what did he say I forget what he said exactly but you know, I'm basically I'm making it up and um, gaslighting you gaslighting me, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I've spent like the last two years, like researching this topic heavily and reading like a dozen different books and devouring hundreds of hours of, of uh, audio and lectures and podcasts and reading articles online and having discussions online with people and doing different testing online and all of this stuff. And then he said, Well, you're just getting hyperfixated on this. <laughs> and I was like, Do you know that hyperfixation is an autistic trait? <laughs> just like, oh, you're not. And his thing was like, and then and then another thing was, you know, and I will say this. My my former partner, while I was going through this process, was telling me that, oh, you're just looking to make excuses. You just want to make excuses and for things. And I was like, Well, that's actually the opposite of what I want to do. And it's like, I have, know, and, and I would use this analogy. I'm like, if somebody had trouble, trouble reading their whole life and everyone was like, called them stupid and said, well, why can't you just figure it out? It's not that hard. And why can't you spell and blah, blah, blah. And then at the age of 40, something, that person discovered that they were dyslexic and said, Hey, I've, I've discovered this. I'm dyslexic. That's why I've had all this trouble reading. Oh, you're just making excuses. You just want attention. You're just making it up. You're not trying hard enough. And it's like, well, no. The reason I'm trying, the reason I'm happy that I've discovered I'm dyslexic, is so now I can learn Jesus. how to learn to read and write better, coming from a place of knowledge of knowing I'm dyslexic. That makes more sense to me, and that's kind of like what I would say to to her and other people about my journey towards autism. It's like I didn't just pick something out of a hat and go, "Oh, autistic! I'm going to be autistic." Like it's not, it's not putting on a new hat. It's like it's not a thing I wanted. It's like a thing that my whole life, I I was like, what is going on with me? Like, what is it that I can't figure out? And I was like, do I have anxiety? Do I have depression? Am I bipolar? Do I have this? Do I have that? Like, there's something different. And then when I finally read, read, uh, um, I swear I mentioned this book every single episode, but I finally read uh late diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome by Philip Wiley sorry I'm just looking at it to see the title uh I finally read that book and every single page I was like holy shit this is me 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 and as like I wasn't looking for that I didn't want to be autistic it's not a fashionable thing it's like no I just After 40 years of wondering what's going on, I finally found something that all of a sudden everything else made sense. My sensory issues, my my communication issues, my depression, my anxiety, like all of it all of a sudden fit under this umbrella. And I went, oh, and it was like this sigh of relief of like, oh, I get it now. Now I can like move forward with this understanding and be more effective and better in my life. That's why I want this information, not to make excuses, not because I don't want to change, but that was, you know, anyway, sorry. I know I get long winded, but I find that fascinating. You know, like I said, one of my brothers just straight up said to me, like, you're not autistic. You're just, you're just looking for like making something up. And I was just like, why would I do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Uh, I echo everything you just said. Yeah, I by my, my brothers are more like acquaintances. You know, um, if there's any communication, it's all one way. I have to initiate it. Yeah, nobody sure. nobody ever calls me or social social media or anything. Yeah. with me and it's like, but that's why you know our relationship is not as ideal as as it could be yeah. and such and same i talk more with my sister but whenever i again i have to initiate the conversation with her yeah whenever i'm talking with her all she i love her to death and everything but she just seems to just go on about her problems about yeah. her issues and it's like you know with all due respect I, I i appreciate that and i i understand that but there's more to life than than what you don't have you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know there's more to life than your issues yeah um and you know i grew up with like all those sensory issues too and being like really having like things i can't stand i mean there's things that i i still can't stand today like for example like onions i can't stand
5: <laughs> I can't I can't
0: I can't stand the smell of them yeah I can't stand the taste of them I can't stand right. the texture of them I can't I can barely stomach the look of them yeah um and it's like I don't want them anywhere in my food the only way I'll eat them is if I can't taste them or if I can't yeah. feel them. yeah yeah um then I mean I'm mean the exact like same way skies, but with tomatoes
4: it's like I don't even want to look at a tomato. I don't want to, th- I when, if I even think about cutting into one, I'm like, oh, but wow. it's like the only way I can have it is like you said, if it's buried under a bunch of other shit and I don't notice it. <laughs> yeah, And, uh,
0: and others like, you don't like onions? I'm like, no, it's like, and, um, you know, there's, there's smells and such that I just can't, Yeah, I can't stand. Um, there's sounds, you know. Like if the smoke and, alarm and if, goes
3: off in my house, if the, I have to go somewhere quiet. Like we have a smoke alarm that goes off and it's like, it takes like a half an hour to shut off and I have to leave well, the house. It's, it's yeah, so... Yeah. I, I, I get those issues too. And
0: um, and there's certain smells that, that I like or whatever that other people either don't like or they're like, weird for like that smell like the like the smell of gasoline yeah like at the pump um yeah it's like it i i I don't really i don't mind it but i mean i don't go seeking out that smell (laughs) but (laughs) but it doesn't bother me it doesn't do anything and like i don't have any aversion to it yeah and others are like they 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 don't and
3: Dave, then I just I was, pictured you rolling up to a, a gas station with a full tank and just hanging out for a couple minutes beside someone filling their tank.
5: Yeah, just like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then I had to talk. Well, you know they add that smell, right? And I, I, I told people, you know they add that smell so you can distinguish what it is. Oh, really? Well, it's naturally, it's naturally odorless and colorless. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Like they, they add that to you so you can tell what it is. Really? If there's an emergency. That's amazing. Oh, and. And you know, those are different things like um, you know, different kinds of clothing and textures and feelings. Yeah. You know, certain things I I don't like to wear and I won't wear. And
2: yeah.
0: Um and um there's something else that you mentioned that I was gonna talk about that oh it just eluded me. Sensory-wise. Um is it
4: sensory
0: lives? or or is it about siblings um, i don't know maybe it'll come back to me
2: yeah
0: uh but there's and well, go back to the sensory things uh, my spouse's family they're all they're they're foodies they like to explore with food and yeah. try different kinds of food and different thing. um her like her sister for example makes these Amazing gourmet cheesecakes. You know, they just wow. They they like experiment explore with food, and I don't. It's like I I like to keep with I like to keep it the simpler the better. You know, if it the less it the more it gets away from what I know and I perceive as food. Yeah, the less I want to eat it. Yeah, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and and the less I'm gonna try to eat it that's funny and the more complicated it is the less i'm gonna want to eat it you mentioned all these ingredients it's like okay um, i stop listening you know because yeah i stopped being interested
4: i'm like i i it's funny i i I can relate like i have i have no interest in food at all like to me it's just putting gas in the car it's like yeah i i'm hungry I i have to eat something but i don't i've never cared about food i've i've I have friends who are like, they'll be like, Oh, we got to go to this restaurant. It's so amazing. Yeah. You're going to love it. And I go there and they're like, Oh, you got to order this. You got to order that. And we, Oh, we have to get this appetizer. You have to try it. It's so amazing. And I'll try everything. And everyone's like, Oh, what do you think? What do you think? Like, they're all excited. And I'm like, I, it's all lost on me. I just don't get it at all. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, I, I remember like years ago, one of my, one of my good friends, uh, he, he, he uh, was a musician And he got signed to this record company. So they were taking him out for this celebratory dinner. Mm -hmm. So he had just broken up with his girlfriend or she was out of town or something. I forget. So he brought me as his date, right? Like, he's like, yo, you want to come out? Cause they were going to this like super fancy, expensive restaurant. Like the kind, like it was like, I think five or six of us at this dinner and it was like a $1,500 bill, you know, like just crazy. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know what to order. I just take whatever the, the the waiter recommends and these little plates come and everything's like tiny and weird looking and I'm eating it all. And everybody's like freaking out, like, Ooh, isn't this the best thing you've ever had? And I'm just, I'm just going along with them going, Oh my God, this is so amazing. But in my head, I'm just like, I don't get any of this. There's nothing special here. It's like, I, 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 I'd be, I'd be, I think afterwards, like my buddy and I left the dinner and, like, two hours later, we were in some pub where I just, like, we both just had, like, a burger and fries, too, because we were just, like, I'm still hungry. Like, it doesn't make sense. Anyway. Yeah, I
0: would so like, hear terms, like, crudité and I'm, like, what is crudité? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sure. I, I'm clear on what that even is. <laughs> just um, veggies, veggies, and dip. <laughs> no onions. And- no onions. What? No onions in that. <laughs> no onions. Yeah. No onions. And I, I've got of that way with, with beer. I mean, I like beer, yeah. but I don't like really hoppy beer. Yeah. The hoppier it is, the less I like it. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not a big IPA fan and I'm not a big stout fan. I'm more yeah. of a lager and a pilsner. Lager. yeah. Lager and a pilsner. Yeah. I'm cool with that. And, you know, I don't want some cheap mass produced beer. I don't want swill, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I want, like, a nice craft beer, a nice, a nice, a nice beverage that's pleasing to the palate that I, yeah. that I want to drink, that I enjoy, you know? Makes sense. And something like that.
4: Um, do, you have any, um, do you have any underdeveloped senses? Like, for me, my sense of smell is underdeveloped. Like, I, I, if there's, like, a, you know, a spill or a gas leak or something, like, I'm always the last to know. If there's like a fire, there's smoke. I'm the last to know everyone else would be like, Oh, do you smell that? And I'm like, Nope. And, and like, so I have an underdeveloped sense of smell, which I've always had, which probably is the, the big reason why I don't care about food, because smell is such a big part of taste, where I'm just like, whatever. Uh, but do you have any like, do you have any senses that are either either like more acute or, or less
0: developed? I would say my sense of smell might be over acute cause I'm really sensitive to smells. Um, I think, um, my hearing, depending on, it depends yeah. on if I, if I'm hearing to, for under, what am I hearing or listening for? Am I hearing or listening for understanding or enjoyment? Yeah. It depends on if I'm engaged, Yeah, you know? Um, and, um, maybe my sense of touch, like I can touch something that's hot, for example, and it not be, I don't feel the heat of it or have to pull my hand away as quickly as yeah. somebody else might, might have to. Yeah. Uh, I can maybe tolerate that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and well, with, with sight, I, I mean, I have really a good, um, I'm really farsighted and, um, yeah. I really struggle with, with nearsightedness. Okay. And um, it's, it's really great when my spouse and I, when we were younger and we were in the in the car and driving. Um, back before we had navigation, there was this thing called the Thomas Guide. Do you guys know what that is? It's a, uh, well, no, Thomas Guide is like a, a map with like a, a spiral on it. Okay, yeah, this, yeah. It's a paper map. Yeah, oh. Where you where you cross, it, it lets you cross reference your streets and such to find out where you go. Yeah. it's like it's what you used before uh, GPS and navigation.
4: Yeah, we had something similar here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, we use that we use that all throughout Southern California before. Yeah. You know, it's like how do I get here without bypassing? How do I get here uh, bypassing the freeway? And yeah. such. well you go here to here and then you have to cross reference well um my spouse and I were driving one time at least one time and you know she's almost to the degree that I'm farsighted she's nearsighted so, <laughs> she, she, she'd be looking she's like it's no uh, we got to take exit whatever whatever and like it's about maybe a quarter mile down the road I'm like okay that, that's the exit coming up and she's like you can read that I'm like yeah that's yeah. really clear for me to read she's like she's like how can you see that and i'm like and then she's like looking at the thomas guide without any corrective lenses and i'm like how could you read that <laughs> you know it's <laughs> awesome. like you know that that yin and that yang or whatever you yeah. know yeah i could see that totally down the road and I'm like no oh, so i can start preparing to exit and such yeah She's like i could never read that and i'm like well I i c I'd struggle to read this without having my glasses on or something. That's, <laughs> funny. that's funny.
4: What about you, Drew? Do you have any your sensories? Do you
3: find any are heightened or, or, or less? I was gonna make a really bad joke earlier and say my my sense of humor was was pretty acute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just <laughs> that'd be awesome. Uh, I'd say smell. I'm like you, Dave. Like I literally it brings me back to yesterday. Um my wife decided to clean everywhere with apple cider vinegar and I just was like literally came in and I didn't mean to do this like some kind of an inspector but it was just so so, I would say pungent that you know mind you she had cleaned and she'd gotten used to the smell I wonder if Mm -hmm. she'd, she'd you know had the same experience been away from the house and come in yeah. Um I feel like I'm yeah, I'm really sensitive to smell and like and touch. It's weird. Like sometimes when other people touch me in a way that I feel is like inappropriate or aggressive, I'm I'm really taken aback by that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I with touch, it's like who's touching me? Who's touching me and yeah. and how, how are they touching me and am I prepared for it or am I expecting it? You know, um just some random family member that I don't see that often, for example, coming up and wanting to give me a hug, it's like, whoa, 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 step back.
5: It's yeah. like, you know,
0: I uh I don't I don't have that relationship with you. You know, I don't have that connection yeah. with you. And um I don't I'm kind of touch averse. I don't like that. Yeah. You know if, to be on, you know, if if I know you well, and you know you've you've accepted that boundary, yeah. and you've you've let me initiate that that contact with you yeah. on my terms, and been respectful of that, then we can give each other a hug randomly,
2: yeah,
0: whenever. You yeah. Know, I, yeah. I I kind of really had to learn that with um, my wife's family is a lot of huggers. My yeah. spouse's family a lot of huggers. And, you know, that's how they greet and everything. And she's got a large, a larger family than I do. Lots of cousins and such. Yeah. And that's how they greet and interact. And that's how they're cordial with another. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my norm. That's not my thing. That's not what I grew up with. That's not how I interact. Um, And I've had to, I've had to teach people that, okay, I'm just, that's, that's not my jam. And there's people now that I'll go and I'll give a hug to, you know, just because, They've respected that boundary and they've let me make the first move. Um, and then going back to what you were talking about, the cleaning, you know, in our household we use a lot of we try to use a lot of natural um cleaners and such. And I try to do a lot more um homemade and holistic yeah. cleaners and such. You know, mm-hmm. we try to limit the amount of chemicals in our house because yeah. um they're overall not safe yeah and with my spouse's health issues and all of our sensory issues it's like why yeah yeah and totally. and it's like you know the household products can be just as effective yeah as the others and plus why do i want to make some big chemical company richer if i don't have to yeah
2: exactly um
0: and cool. so, I mean, I love I, apple cider vinegar. I love the smell of apple cider vinegar. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I use an apple and when I wash my hair, I wash my hair with baking soda. I just use a baking soda wash, wow. scrub it. And I use an apple cider vinegar conditioning rinse. Oh, wow. That's the secret. Totally natural. Yeah, that's the secret. Totally yeah, that's, the secret to the, that's the secret to the thickness. There it is. There it is. You
4: know, there I, it is. I wish I knew that secret 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say too like talking about than never sorry, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say too like talking about touch, I find with touch like um, just an example like I could be sitting there with somebody and like I find this really weird because I experienced this with my 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 former partner a lot. like she would think nothing of physically moving me if she wanted me to move over, she would, she, or like wanted me to move my arm, like she would just grab my arm and move it. Hmm. And like, for me, that's like an assault. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I, and it, and it felt like, it felt like an act of aggression, which maybe it was in retrospect. I don't know, but I would go, Hey, you can't just pick up my arm and move it. you got to tell me and say, Hey, can you move your arm, please? I'll happily move my arm yeah or my leg or whatever it is like if i'm sitting on the couch and you, for whatever reason you want to change your position and you want me to move my leg like she would just grab my leg and push it over and i would just be like what the fuck are you doing yeah
3: let's like, fucking talk you
4: can't, you can't so i don't know if this is just a me that thing is- or if this is like an everybody thing but i remember having these conversations where i'd be like yo like you can't like to me like when you just when I'm not expecting it and you just grab a part of my body and push it, it's like, that is like it, to me, that feels like an act of aggression. It feels like an assault Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to react well to that. I'm going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't just push me. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, I don't know, you know, if whatever. And we'd have these conversations and it would be like, well, you know, what's the big deal. I just moved your arm. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not, just moving my arm you're grabbing my arm and moving it and i don't know that's about to happen and it feels aggressive to me so can you not do that (laughs) like can you not respecting my personal space can you respect like my my ownership of my body and it would never in a million years occur to me that i would ever just reach over and grab a part of your body and move it like i wouldn't i would say hey i'm gonna shift my position can you move your arm uh i would never just grab it and push it it's like so i don't know i don't
0: know if that's just would a you do point. that to a stranger would you do that to somebody you don't know
4: absolutely and, not. And
0: absolutely not of course and i i approach things with that kind of mindset if, if i wouldn't do this with somebody i don't know or somebody that's a stranger what on earth even makes me think that i have license to do it with somebody i do know yeah um you know and that kind of thing you know um just moving like somebody's just moving somebody's stuff, you know. It's I like, it. you know, that is that what's there is there yeah. for a reason. Maybe a reason you don't understand or you don't realize or whatnot, yeah. but whatever's yeah. there is there for a reason, consciously or unconsciously. But don't just move something without asking. Yeah. If you can move it. Mm-hmm. And then don't and then if so, don't move it without telling somebody where you're moving it to. Yeah. yeah you know because so many be diagrams. like later it's like well where did you where's this whatever and It's like yeah. oh I moved it over there I'm like, well hey did I did I tell you you can move it or did I say to move it over there? It's like you know yeah why not and that's with my spouse and I that's been kind of a our, one of our struggles
4: yeah and I really funny like when stuff. you're when you're cohabitating with people like another another one of my struggles is like I have dyspraxia too and and it's like um i have a difficult time navigating where i am in space in relation to what's around me like i frequently walk through doorways and bang my shoulders on the edges of the doorways like i trip on things i i'm always stepping on stuff knocking stuff over and banging into things because i don't know where my body is in space and i would try to have these conversations with her of like or with anyone i live with whether even back in the day like roommates and stuff i'd be like you got to keep pathways clear like like you can't leave stuff on the floor in hallways or on stairs or places where we have to walk or you got to walk from this room to the bathroom like there's a pathway you're going to take yeah. walking don't yeah. put anything in that pathway yeah. because i'm going to trip on it and i'm yeah. going to fall and i'm going to break stuff and you know and i would have these conversations with her all the time and she'd like Hang stuff on the wall right in like a doorway. So now the doorway is this wide, but now it's this wide because there's a thing hanging in it. And now I've got to walk, and I would just bump into the thing all the time. And I'd be like, or even putting stuff on the stairs. Like she would set things, go like things that had to go out to the shed or had to go out to the garbage and would go outside and just set them on the stairs on the porch. And I'd go, Can you not set things on the stairs? Because it's that's actually dangerous for me. Because I'm more likely to trip on them. And I would, like, many times I would trip on shit. And I'd I'd, I'd ask again and again and again and again, like, and I I remember at one point I said to her, like, if you lived with a blind person, (laughs) would you put things in their pathway? If they had sort of established pathways of movement in the home, would you put things in their path if they were blind? And she goes, well, no, I wouldn't. And I go, so I want you to treat me like I'm blind because I'm not, it's not that I can't see it's that my my brain doesn't process where I am in space. So I have similar issues. Mm -hmm. Don't move the furniture around. It's like, this is a funny example. Like at my work, I work in a bar, right? So there's like this area behind the bar where there's a blue box that sits on the ground for recycling. And there's another area closer to the kitchen where a similar blue box sits for recycling. The blue boxes are slightly different size. One of them is about a half an inch bigger than the other, but I am so trained in my space in work that if the two blue boxes are switched in position, then I start clipping the one with my shin constantly when I walk by it because it's a half inch out in space and I, my brain can't adjust for that difference. So I'll go into work. Like someone will take both blue boxes out to the dumpster bins, right? And then bring them both back but put them in the, different space i have to switch where those are so yeah. that i don't constantly trip on one because like i said it's a it's a half inch out into the space mm. that, that i'm not used to and mm. my body it's like i i train myself on the space and it's like i can't quickly adjust to like little differences and it sounds fucking crazy no it's not loud it's anyone who's neurotypical yeah. will be like, like well, what's your deal you can't just see where the thing is like don't trip on it it's like but it's not that it's like i've literally like created like a neural pathway in my brain of how to navigate this particular sp- corner thousands of times and if it something changes slightly in it I'm, i just will spend the entire night banging my shin into that little recycling bin like it's stupid <laughs>
0: I, I i have so many things to say to that um uh to add to that um you know, with the driving so many autistics they don't know their spatial awareness so their spatial around us yes they how the how they relate to the space around them and that's one of the other trepidations about driving mm-hmm. is yes keeping in my space and navigating my space in relationship to others you know giving and allowing the proper amount in front and back and to either side yeah and and that anxiety is just overwhelming for so many yeah yeah and um with my my son i noticed that a lot in him he's like bumping into things and yeah everything you know and like a neurotypical would say he's clumsy and he's awkward it's just oh he's that's he's just he he has like dyspraxia uh, yeah. he just doesn't know where his body is in relationship to time and space um all the time and yeah my spouse she struggles with that as well yeah um and um she recently not too long ago broke her leg and she's um having to use a, a wheelchair to get around and a walker and such yeah and, and the house and just having to a. Rene- figure out how to move yeah, those yeah. things in
2: yeah.
0: the house because yeah. um, our house is is more long than it is wide okay and um, it doesn't really it's not it's not really ADA conducive it's it's not really um, compliant with if there was like a disability analysis you know yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> the, the building was complying with disability code and right now yeah. it, it wouldn't be. it's an older home but yeah. Um. anyway it's we've had to like move stuff around and move sh- shit out of the way and yeah. she spends a lot of time out on the our covered back porch just not only because the weather's nice and such and it's just she can be being her own element out there it's just yeah. part of it I think is just to keep from banging into shit yeah, yeah. <sighs> And um, it's, you know, those are, those are, yeah, some of the things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and we were uh, talking about like your personal space before. Um, And and my job as a driver license examiner, I I sit in the passenger seat and I evaluate the driver in the driver's seat. You know, Um, the only time I ever invade their personal space. Is to for safety. Yeah, to not die. Yeah, because I I am trained to to reach over and grab the wheel if necessary to steer the car out of the way. I am I'm trained if the if the e brake is in the middle. I'm trained to pull the e brake. Yeah, and um, otherwise I don't interfere with their personal space. Yeah, I just give them directions. Observe how they do it, and evaluate the test, and yeah. give the results when we get back. Um, yeah. And I, I'm so grateful that I've been training how to, because I, I don't like to have my personal space invaded. I don't know anybody yeah. who really does. Yeah. That's the only time that out on the road I I invade anybody's personal space. Yeah. Is for safety and to not die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to not get not die not get to a catastrophic accident. Yeah and and then have to explain that to, to management it's like yeah well, what did you do to prevent it well um yeah it's like well i grabbed the wheel i pull the brake you know yeah yeah because i don't want an accident because i don't want all that paperwork they don't want all that paperwork <laughs> no
4: no oh man this is awesome um i just yeah. i just uh suddenly looked at the clock and realized we've been going two hours. This, it feels not that long to me, but, but, me uh, neither. are you guys like, uh, are you guys okay if we, uh, call it here and maybe do this again?
0: I'm cool. Yeah.
4: Uh, was there anything that we missed that you were hoping to talk about today or?
0: Um, I didn't really have an agenda. I yeah. just wanted to reach out. and Yeah. Share a little bit about myself, yeah, with with the world, and put out to the ether, and I just wanted to. I love this listening to the show. This felt like a safe, safe platform and a safe environment. Yeah. And um, listening to all the other guests, I was like, you know, the people you have you've had on them before have been awesome yeah. and have rocked. And each time I listen to other guests, I'm like, these people, these people are living their authentic selves. These people, yeah, know their shit and they're they embrace who they are. And I'm like, I embrace who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, reach out, see what they have to say, see if they want to talk with me. Yeah, see if I can, feel like I feel like this gel. was this was just like
4: uh, I to me I, I love these conversations sometimes because well I shouldn't all the time, but I I loved today. I just feel like it was like, just like a, Oh, it's Saturday morning. Let's just have coffee and talk about whatever. And, 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 um, a lot of the time the show, the episodes have followed uh, a bit of a similar arc each time, but this time today, I feel like we just kind of went in a bunch of different directions, but I really enjoyed it. I just enjoyed sort of feeling comfortable and feeling safe and just feeling like we're just chatting and, loving to kind of just get to know you and, and you're about your life and who you are and how you do things. And I feel like I learned a lot of, like, I, 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 I appreciate like your opinions and your attitude and your just kind of general being in a way that, that I'm really um, feel good about.
0: I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I feel the same. And I, I want more, Authentic conversations like this, all throughout, whether it's, whether it's through Zoom, you know, right now because of the pandemic, or when we get back to to quote unquote normal and be able to interact and intersect with people again, you know, I just want this authenticity. I I want people to know that and accept that autistics are we just. We're, we're just human beings like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. We're just, we're not broken. We're not, we just think differently. We just have, yeah. yeah. And when like any,
3: people start see, seeing that they can benefit from the heightened awareness that autistic people possess mm-hmm. and work in harmony, then it's going to be fucking off the charts. Yeah. It's not what, it's,
0: it's not the bad thing that you make it out to be. It's only, yes. Yes. A quote unquote bad thing because you you choose to label it as a bad thing. Yeah. You choose not to open up your worldview and open up your not necessarily your minds, but open up your hearts and your spirits. Yes. Because I think a lot of the a lot of the ignorance is because people are willfully ignorant. They don't yeah. want they don't want to change, they don't want to adapt. They don't want to anything that doesn't fit in their little circle or their worldview. They reject and I'm like, well, you're you're missing out on getting to know a lot of awesome, amazing, wonderful, terrific people that um, can only make your experience bigger, better and brighter. Absolutely. And whatever I whatever part I can do to instigate that and be a part of that change and part of that world, then so be it, no matter big or small, whatever I can do. I'm going to do. And that's that. Well, thanks
4: for, uh, thanks for showing up to be a part of our humble little podcast up here in Canada. It's it's, and, uh, man, I really want to do this again with you. I I just, I love it. It's so fun. And I love it too. Everything you just said is exactly the mission for why we're doing this. Like, you know, Drew and I work on this show every week and like we don't make any money on this show. We actually, uh, I was about to say we lose money on the show, but I don't consider it. I don't consider it a loss, but we spend money and we spend time to produce the show, to put it out. And, but I don't consider that losing money because, uh, I I get messages every week from people all around the world who say, thank you. And this is, you know, I'm listening to your show and it's speaking to me and it's articulating things I think are important for people to hear, and it's giving us a voice and it's like, and, 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 you know, I'm not, we're just doing a little, this little small thing, but it is reaching people. And I think it's beautiful. And I'm so grateful to, to be able to do it and able to talk to people like you. It's just, it's awesome, man. And, and I think there's so many of us that are, you know, late diagnosed or figuring it out later and had have to kind of work to undo all this internalized feeling of being not good enough and broken and all this stuff. And my hope is that like we, we can just kind of leave a few markings along the path for those coming behind us to help them uh, avoid some of the negative sides that we've had to face and highlight some of the positive sides. So hopefully <clears throat> people can get to that positive, like authentic version of themselves and, uh, Sooner, you know, uh, and also for the neurotypical world to like get to know us a bit because we have neuro, we have neurotypical listeners to this podcast too who write us letters and say, Hey, like, this is helping me understand what you people or not you people, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, That's this is mean. helping me understand. The letters are really aggressive, they're really aggressive, yeah. but it's helping me understand, uh. Life from an autistic experience in a way that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And I literally just got a, a note from somebody like a couple days ago, uh, a neurotypical person who just started listening and she's gone through like the first five episodes so far and it sent me this letter and was like, or an email and was just like, this show's really cool and I'm fascinated by it and I appreciate you guys doing it. And I, I, like, how better to learn about a topic than from the people living it and so it's cool man it's awesome it's cool and
0: i they are uh, um just reading the re- reviews on itunes and everything you know they all seem to be more positive than anything and um at least at least the ones i'm choosing to read <laughs> oh are, I, I, you know what? i don't even think i've and, ever read any reviews on itunes i and, oh, I, I i i don't read them like to like to make my decisions i just like yeah same way what are other people saying Are are yeah. they feeling the same thing i'm feeling or am i yeah. just totally out on out left field yeah um and they've all seemed to be positive and and such and i think you guys are awesome i'd love talking with you I, I think this is time very well spent at least um hopefully for <laughs> you it certainly was for me
1: yeah and
0: yeah. i i don't going back to the the money thing uh I don't think you can put a price on time like this, and no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, and no, there's no reason to, and yeah. that's what keeps it authentic and real.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Therapy is Saturday therapy, and yeah. Dave, we got to keep you on the radar because you know the long-term plan with this project is to to get on to get first. We got to get our Ryan's bus um, road ready. And then we're going to take the hopefully when, when the time is right. And and when, when it's safe, we will take the show on the road and uh, when the world allows us to maybe, maybe we can, we can team up at one of those autism events that you were discussing earlier.
4: Yeah. I'd love that.
3: I was just going to ask you about
4: that conference. Uh, Two questions is one, like where was it located again? And then two,
0: do you know if they have plans to do it again? Um, It's, um i i think they have plans to do it again um i i don't know for sure i mean i'm not in the loop but i know that if if all the stars align they want to do it again yeah and um it was located in san diego oh it's in san diego yeah and it's called love and love and autism yeah um they there's clips on youtube from some of the past conferences and some of the past speakers yeah and there's uh they have a website loveandautism.com
2: yeah
0: and they just talk about how they want to just change the narrative around autism because that's that's something
4: that's super cool that's something that like if they do that if they once the world opens up again assuming
0: it ever does um, and I, i'm not i'm not paid or endorsed by them to say any of this this is yeah. all sure. personal uh positive experiences yeah. that i've had with with that conference and my participation in it we would uh i think
4: that, that's the kind of thing i would i would like i would love to go to like if they do it again like i i would you know drew and i like we could just be like yo let's hop on a plane let's go check it out like let's yeah, yeah. Print up some flyers for the podcast and just go meet people and listen to lectures and conversations and just, you know, it's such a great community. Um, everyone I've met so far in this autism community. I mean, it's just, well, it's like coming home, right? It's, it's pretty cool. It is. That's a great, great
0: analogy. Oh, great vision.
3: Like all those frustrations that I have in all of my neurotypical relationships, like I know I can leave them at the door when I come here Saturday morning. And I know that, I can actually like improve those relationships having had these kinds of conversations with like-minded people. Yeah. I think you should always go into any relationship,
0: uh, making it, leaving it, hopefully not leaving it, but you know what I mean? Leaving it better than um, how you came in with it. Yeah. And, and what you give is into it. Outweighs what you receive from it, yeah. Because what you give to it um, enhances what you receive. One hundred percent. And that's yeah. a perfect,
4: perfect quote to end on. We're gonna print. We're gonna put yeah. that quote on a on an Instagram post. If you're
0: okay with it, um, I'm cool with that. I, yeah, I have and you. I have my handle on Instagram. Can I share that? Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. Reach out? My handle on Instagram is Driving While Autistic hashtag nice. diving well watches, <sighs> that's wow. your watches
4: too. okay
2: that's brilliant
4: so we'll uh so dave we're gonna have um uh usually i try to get the show up right away on saturdays when we do it i got a couple things i got to deal with today so it might be uh tomorrow but I, I should have the show up on podcast apps let's say within 48 hours so i'll i'll we'll email you when that's up so you can check it out and share it if you want. And then uh, I'm working on getting them up on YouTube soon, but that might be another little while. So uh, if you're okay yeah. with us putting up the video as well on YouTube, that would be awesome. If, if you're not, that's fine too. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. And same thing when we get the new show, when we get the episode up, I'll, we'll put it on, we'll post it on Instagram and I'll make sure to, to tag you in that too. So sounds great. That's awesome. Look forward to so, it. Yeah, thanks so much, man. This has been great. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I really hope that we get to do it again. Me too. Bye. Have a great
3: Saturday, Dave. All thanks right. for waking right. up early. Thanks for getting up. Uh, thanks Thank for getting up early. Thanks for welcome. taking
0: the time. I feel totally jazzed energized. So, nice. I'm good to go. All
3: Dr. right, Dr. be well. Dre. Dr. Drew.
0: <laughs> Skittles. Okay. Oh. Be,
4: be well. Bye, you too, man. Thank you. See you, Dave. So, bye. bye.